Rogers took away. That's the best. Get your money's worth. Now, What's up and welcome back to episode 105 of Propel's Talk presented to you by Boot Crew Media and Company Burger. Company Burger located at 4600 Ferret Street. Join tonight. We've got an all-star lineup tonight. Chris Connor, Schmidt Dua, and Lido. Uh, join us tonight. We're going to talk about what is going on now at the national media and how it has just changed. The narrative has changed. Um, and I want to talk about we're going to Chris. Chris, you know, let's let's talk to you first. What is this? What does this feel like for you right now? Now, oh man, it's just, just like the narrative change. You, a you, bit. you want a rated R answer? Or you want like just like a regular? No, I want like, a real. I want a real. On Lord's Day. I want uh, almost, on the Lord's. Almost day. better than sex. Almost yeah. <laughs> almost better than sex. There's no other way to describe it. You when you you know when you were part of when you were part of watching something like you know what I mean happen. And you saw like a lot of the ugly shit, and now, um, I mean, I, we've all we've all talked about it, but I got my shit on wax. Like you, but I mean, if you just move, you move around enough as a human, you you know, you know how this shit go. You know, what I mean, if you end up you end up being successful, and it be people out of nowhere that you know they wanna you know this this hitting you up you ain't never heard of. You got cousins that you ain't never know you have supporters out of nowhere. People want something from you. They want you know they want to be a part of. Um, something special they want to say that they were there first right the bandwagon ain't, ain't no difference in you know in, in that than what this is now so i mean it's just i just look at it as just as just old old girlfriends and they, 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 i ain't heard from them in 10 years like you know hitting my line now that i'm you know doing something special so you know shout out to them. perfect way to start the show schmidt i mean it, it's just all of a sudden change right Stephen a smith comes out now that they with zion a healthy zion you know are they actual contenders? What, what what are your thoughts on those comments? Because it's just changed all of a sudden, just with a little bit of winning. Um, now everything's changed. First of all, I don't want to hear anything from the man that left Herb Jones off his ballot. So he, you know, I, I don't care what he's saying. He's just trying to ride the bandwagon at this point. Um, but you know, I think that kind of conversation is nice because people do listen to it. Casual folks do listen to it. People not around the city do listen to it. And we've seen how harmful uh, it can be when they're talking the opposite. Um, and so I'm not, you know, going to stand up here and say that this is going to bring wide sweeping changes to, to how New Orleans is perceived in the long term or like, you know, this is going to help them land star free agents or whatnot. But at least it's not actively destructive. At least it's something yeah. that it's, you know, where they're not actively going on there and saying, oh, when's Zion getting out, when they're doing this? And now it's more of like, hey, Zion, maybe you need to get your stuff together and help them because they're waiting on you. And so I think that's, that's a big change, and, and it's definitely more important than what they were doing before. Lito, do you believe, honestly, like we're talking championship-caliber team, do you believe that this team with the healthy Zion Williamson right now could come out of the West? Oh wait, he's muted. Hold up. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy. There you go, Lito. Now you're ready. Uh, like presently constructed, adding Zion. Yeah, right now. No. Okay. No, I think we. I think we need a couple. We need a couple moves to show the bench. Um, one or two moves, and I think yes. But with the players that we currently have, I think you gotta you gotta get some high. Some more high uh, IQ guys, and you know, more shooting off the bench, consistent shooting off the bench. Um, defense always helps. 
Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I agree, Chris. I mean, we have Zion this year, healthy Zion. Yeah. Are we beating Phoenix? Like Zion just shows up for the like no, like say just, just say Zion show up like three or four weeks. Like he was about 60, 70%. We are we beating Phoenix there. Um, at worst it goes seven. Um, I, I but I think so. I think so. I mean, it's it's all like, you know, up in the air. I mean, we, but I I think so. Yeah. You know, depending on how he's used, right? But that's such a that's why the that's why the championship contender question is even difficult because, like this, you know, this ain't like just fitting in Larry Nance coming back from injury, you know, getting him acclimated. Like this, this is adding a generational, all world like paint demon. Um, I. Yeah, it's you know it's tough. I mean, what I'm what I'm trying to focus on is what I believe that just based off of what we see right now, what I know will happen. Like right. if I had to bet money on, and that's like the offense is gonna be overwhelming, right? You know, I, I can I feel like I can bet on that. And they're gonna have um the most amount of uh of options when it comes to depth and flexibility than I've seen in my 20 years of watching the franchise, you know. So you know, um, how everything else is going to fall, you know, it's kind of tough. But if I just don't know how you if that team is healthy, even even when they go through lows of trying to, you know, work in Zion and shake off, you know, Zion shaking off rust and figuring out how he's going to fit in. I just have a hard time seeing it, if you're a defense, how you game plan, not just for CJ. Zion and BI, but also Jonas. That's a lot to to deal with. I mean, it's really nothing you can do. There's gonna be a lot of zone. Um, and I think if I can if I can sit with that, that makes me feel as if at worst they won't be a bubble team. And then you go from there. I mean, injuries happen around the West, things shake up or around the league, you know, and you see whether whether um you know maybe some of the other moves and the role players go from there. Schmidt, uh, your your boy uh, McNamara, <laughs> right here with an ultimate comment. With Schmidt, the ultimate frisbee arm, like in the oh gym, bro. God. He did this. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize we had an audience. I didn't realize that either. Uh, so, anyways, so Schmidt, let's talk about honestly. You gotta get good. to the gym. I'm just skinny, dude. Like I'm just a skinny guy. Come on, bro. Schmidt, we're uh, so let's talk about the offense, right? So they're gonna be one of the best offensive teams in the league. Especially with the healthy Zion, JV, as as Chris Connor was saying, um, and obviously Bi and, and CJ. The one thing that does scare me is defense. Defensively, they're going to be not that great because Zion just obviously isn't that great of a defender. But look at the teams here in the West this year, or or, or looking forward next year. Who do you see the Pelican like? Are the are the Pelicans could possibly be a top four team? Is that crazy to think? I mean, is that crazy to think? Because I'm looking at it right now, right? You got Denver, right? They'll, they'll get Murray back, and and they'll get, uh, oh my God, what is this? Michael Porter Jr. Thank you, Michael Porter Jr. Back. Minnesota, eh. Utah, they're, Clippers, they're Clippers, yes, I agree there. Clippers, but health's always a question. The Lakers, who knows? Go ahead. I mean, yeah, like you said, I think the Clippers and Lakers both, if everything goes right, have potential to be top four teams, right? And then. Um, Memphis had a great season. Phoenix had a great season. Golden State had a great season. So, like, if you were just to talk in terms of the strict odds of it happening, I think it's unlikely just because of the sheer number of teams. Now, if 
you know, seasons were decided based on like preseason rankings or offseason stuff, then the Lakers would be champions right now and they'd be playing the final, or they'd be playing against the Nets in the final. So, um, you know, anything can happen. I think one thing that if the Pelicans are healthy, bodes well for them is they're going to have enough scoring power to not go into those lulls uh, that they, you know, that they're a big fan of doing. And so if you stagger the lineups correctly and you're going to have Zion out there, you should at least be winning games off of your sheer offense. I think the defense in the regular seasons can be passable. I, I think you can scheme enough to where, you know, you're, you're just such an overwhelming offensive team that it's difficult um, for other teams to expend energy on the other end against you. And, and that why, that's why I think sometimes like Golden State is benefited. I mean, they have a really good defense, but they often trot out guys who are not very good defenders individually. And it's like their offense is so overwhelming and people are flying around and you got to chase people off the three point line and whatnot. And then you got to go on the other end and try to run your own offense. It's tough. And so when, when you're trying to fight against Jonas, when you're trying to fight against Zion, when you're trying to cover BI and CJ, um, it's going to be tough. And, and I think, Hallmarks of good regular season teams are like they blow out bad teams. Um, and I think the Pelicans have all the markings of being a team that is going to be able to blow out bad teams and then have the scoring power to keep up with any other good team. Um, what now if that means they're a good playoff team? I don't know. We've seen that we've seen that work with the Jazz. We're like, all right, they're a great regular season team in the playoffs. I mean, the Suns kind of just played that out as well. Yeah. I mean, so Lito had a tweet out uh the other night. I think it was um I, I I look at the Southwest Division, right? You look at the Mavs, Rockets, Grizzlies, Pels, Spurs. Is that the question be to easily? I'm not necessarily easily win the division, but win the division pretty handily. I mean, I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, I see, I see probably, in my opinion, Memphis probably takes a step back. Uh, we get better, obviously. Um, I think Dallas is gonna. I don't know. I mean, their their situation with Jalen Brunson is interesting. Um, I mean, I, you know, you hear uh, commentators saying, "Do you sign him or do they?" trade him for a better version of him um i think i think we can definitely be the best team in the division um i don't i, I think you know if, if you get a healthy zion whoever else that drift decides to add in the in the off season i mean sure definitely and then you got you know what I'm saying the draft you, you got you got the draft right there so yeah i mean i i don't know about about easily i think it'll be competitive but i do think we can take the division yeah i mean 100 percent. i think schmidt so we go back to the, you know, back to free agency in the draft, right? Um, we talk about adding talent to this team that's already good, and they're adding Zion Williamson, which is enormous. You know, we keep talking about the draft, but what are the what are the needs for this team? Because it, it's obvious, right? I mean, shooting, defense, but it's easier said than done. Like, who do you really honestly see the Pelicans maybe targeting in free agency, and obviously in the draft that will fit those needs? Well, I think there's a couple of things here. First, um, I think this may be a year where you can say, hey, let me find out what I have in my own team. Um, and and you can take that approach and not really have an urgency to like move off of people and find your solutions because you're adding a major piece in Zion and you're trying to figure out how does he fit in? What do we need? Because I think your definition of needs is going to change when he takes the court. Right. Yeah. Um, and and so maybe you want a little bit of a sample to determine what those needs are going to be. Um, I think it's easy for us to project like, okay, long term, they're going to need rim protection, right? They're going to need shooting and spacing around Zion. Like, I think those things are pretty universal across like any NBA team. And so it doesn't hurt to go out and get some of those things uh, in the meantime. However, 
it, it really makes it difficult for you to be like, okay, we got Devontae. We know he's probably not a long-term fit, but um, in terms of moving off of him, how aggressive do you actually need to be without knowing, A, where are my other needs, and B, what's the market kind of kind of look like? Because in the summer, it's it's teams that are always overvaluing their own players. And so we always, you know, the CJ trade couldn't have happened in June, in July. Like, I think um, there's Andy Loche would have just asked for three, four picks and Griff would have been like, yeah, that's ridiculous. And now you fast forward to February, you can essentially trade a pick that ends up being the Milwaukee pick and you get a, a, a nice caliber player for um, lower value. Interesting. Yeah. So Chris, you know, obviously it's easy to talk about contention, right. Uh, in, in late May, June, but let's talk yeah. about something that's happening right now. And Zion Williamson being cleared for all basketball activities. Um, what have you seen different in Zion? Because I've seen a lot. I mean, Lito talked about this and Shemin as well, but I'm interested to hear because you're such a positive guy and you follow this team very closely. Um, what have you seen different in Zion in previous years? Um, man, I, I, I think that I think you can you can tell that that this year kind of matured him a little bit more. Um, I was very surprised by the, what felt like in how open he was in that exit interview, um, especially considering whatever type of contention there is or any type of, um, I don't know if he's uncomfortable or whatever the case or how he feels about local media or certain individuals of local media, but regardless, we don't see him doing, doing many Many we don't get you know you don't really see him Tim talking too much right at least not with not with people that are associated uh, with Pelicans media, but you know you would say that out of all the different things that I've seen from him, a lot of it feel, feels like you know he's kind of keeping things to the vest. He's kind of um, very protective and he's saying what he's supposed to say. That exit interview it, it felt like was one of the few the few interviews to where he really just you know was being as raw as he could. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that he's um, through everything that this that this season and previously, you know, has brought. At the end of the day, it brought a, a, a damn good coach. It brought a really exciting future. It brought some. Uh, it brought an amazing leader, um, CJ, and it brought the. Um, it brought improvements in his co-star, Brandon Ingram, as well as others, and uh, you know, a hell of a run. It brought like the city out, right? It brought like a lot of pride and open pride in the Pelicans. So I think a mixture of all of that, it just brings someone who I think who, he was already motivated to get back on the floor to play basketball again and prove what he can do just as an individual. But now I think it's somebody that's really excited to be a part of something and seeing how he can help bring it to the next level. And, you know, I don't know if we thought, you know, you know, we thought he would be, in the beginning of this, we thought he would be, you know, the main, the main part of this. And that made, we may circle back to, to that being the, that being the case. But right now he's more of someone who's, he could be a finishing touch of sorts. He's helping putting you over, over um, a certain ceiling that you may not be able to get with this certain, this certain group. I mean, so it's, um, end of the day, he looks happy. Uh, and uh, I hope that that lasts he can stay healthy and we can really see what this thing can turn into. Yeah, Lito. So, you know, Zion, since being in high school, is a just a 
a phenom, right? You know, worldwide, you know, he goes viral, all that stuff. Then all of a sudden he's taking out the spotlight. And out of that spotlight, he gets a little negativity. And then all of a sudden his team kind of takes off and gets CJ McCollum in and he starts getting called out on national media and things like that. How much of that do you think really affected him? Because you got to think, right? I, I know he's a quiet kid, but he obviously hears the noise. How 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 much motivated do you think he'll be this maybe this offseason about getting serious, maturing a little bit, and then bringing it into the regular season? Justin, do you know what we call like that something something like that that happens uptown? <laughs> What's that? We call it the humbling. I don't so care. You, you think it's humbling? I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do in life. At some point in life, the humbling is going to come to a tour to your house. It happens. Some sooner than others, right? And if I'm Zion, I'm cool getting humbled this early. At least I didn't have to figure this out towards the twilight of my career. You know, you he's young. He's 21. He can he can bounce back. He can change things. I think, yeah, I mean, at... at, at some point this season, Zion looked away and he was like, "Shit, man, I, I didn't, I didn't mean for this to happen." Or not, not. I mean, the, in, the injuries happened. I'm just talking about like the, you know, the the things with maybe not showing up in shape or not actually being there for the media or some would consider him in a in a loose teammate, right? Like just things like that. I think when those things get taken away from you, and you realize team is family, right? You realize you you see Willie. Uh, as a coach in the environment that he creates and these guys like being together and you not being there with that, that's probably more of a humbling than let's say missing games. Cause I don't go, let's face it. Zion is Zion, man. He's going to come in and he's go. he can get 27 walking out of bed. Like I was just watching the, the tape of him falling out with everybody from Minnesota last year. He was like, "What? Right. It, it, basketball isn't the problem with Iowa, right? It's just, it's just uh, other things just kind of got in the way of that maybe at times." So, I think, man, I think the humbling, the humbling tour came and visited him, pat him on the back, you know, what I'm saying, and told him get better, and and I think he's gonna oblige it. Yeah, the humbling tour, I like that. Uh, I also think that CJ McCollum getting in his ear, I think that was probably a, a very big deal as well, and Schmidt. Yeah. Let's talk about the offseason, right? He's due for that contract extension. Um, I see you got a big smile on your face. <laughs> Griff has come out. Well, you know, he's come out and said that the, you know, the full max, right, is not necessarily <laughs> going to be offered. What? What? Wait, 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 wait. I'm Griff sorry. Did say that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm wait, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What do you see this offseason if there is a contract extension? What could be put in that contract? God damn. Yeah. Um, that's that's a really good question. It's a good um, question, Chris. I, it, yeah. Um, you know, what Griff said was it's going to be a difficult conversation, a difficult nego- negotiation. Okay. And I think, I think there, I think the Pelicans are a unique place where they can apply pressure. Um, now I've been spending the last like two days trying to do, uh, research into similar contracts in the past and just like reading through what the actual link, like the legal language of the contract is and just kind of like what's allowed to happen and and not. So there'll be a more detailed video on that later, but basically the Pelicans have flexibility to play around with what portion of money they want to guarantee for him. And they can tie it to a lot of different things. They can tie it to games played. They can tie it to injury. They can tie it to rebounds. They can tie whatever, whatever they, you know, the negotiation 
um, that Zion's representation and the Pelicans agree to, they can do. And I think this is a moment where, you know, you have this opportunity. I think he's not going to qualify for that, that starter level qualifying offer unless he plays, you know, 60 plus games or whatever, you know, however many games. And that not being on the table, the $17 million qualifying offer not being on the table makes it really difficult um, for him to be like, hey, I'll just wait one year, take that $17 million and then go cash out somewhere else. And and then the other thing is, like, if he does play well enough, you have a second crack at this. So, like, if he doesn't accept this option, you can go back to the negotiating table next summer and be like, all right, here's everything else. Here are all those things. And, again, I don't think he's going to be the type where if you offer him the full five years, like, next year, that he's going to turn that down. He may be the type to, like, hold it against you and ask out sooner rather than later. I don't know about that, but he's, I don't think he's going to take – the money that the Pelicans are offering and turn it down. Chris, you got anything for that? Uh, can we can we respond to the comments? Yeah, that I, I was like, just about like, to say, like, we, I think we all laugh at the Jackson. I'm actually interested, Chris. I want you to, to extend the Jackson Hayes, right? What are you? Let's go with that, Chris. Go ahead, brother. He he needs to he needs to extend uh his 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 ability to box out. Okay, uh, he 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 needs to extend his ability to want to set screens okay if we if, if if we're going along that that route can can we can we extend with him doing a lot of the little things before we are 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 extending him as a future man look i want jackson hayes to work okay i don't know why why we do this thing where someone has a different opinion it's like oh you don't you want you want him gone no absolutely not i would like him to work i have my preferences and i have my beliefs and how it will work but I would like him to extend some of the some of the things in which big men need to do in the NBA or the CBA or any damn basketball association for me to want to extend his contract. That's it. I, and I don't I don't think that, that 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 should be all that crazy. It's not, I, you know, that's along fair. No, with I, Gary Clark having to start. I don't know. Win a ring. I don't know about this. I mean, this is we'll just I mean, that's actually Josh Chappelle's big game. Hey, Lito. There you go. You, right you, you remember? You remember the uh, the Gary Clark comment? I do, man. I okay. do. Okay. I do. All right, uh, Lito. I, I do want to get to this, Lito, because this is our guy. Um, and the young blood forty six says Zion's returning to the lineup is going to open up everything, especially uh, for Brandon Ingram. Let's talk about Brandon Ingram and what was said over the weekend from head coach Willie Green. Uh, goes on a podcast with Evan Turner and Andre Iguodala. From getting the name here, but. Uh, off the top of my head, basically Willie Green was saying that Brandon Ingram is an incredible teammate. He works his ass off. Uh, all the things that we know, um, and then also that this might be this is the, just the beginning of his peak. Lito, you're a big bi guy, uh, so I'll let you have the floor. But <laughs> just to hear, just to hear, coach, your head coach say that about you. That's uh, it's got to take. That's pretty. Uh, it's pretty impressive, right there. Uh, Willie Green is stealing material directly from my Twitter. It's crazy. Crazy. I've been saying that. I'm saying that for three years, man. But uh now nah, seriously, BI evolving into or <clears throat> steadily evolving into the guy that he's gonna become as a basketball player is just fun to watch, man. Like it's yeah. like you know, the the, the training wheels are, are coming off, or not not that they were they were on last year, but you know what I'm saying, just so to speak, he's gaining speed. He's just it's just going faster and faster. I Love to hear Willie talk in general because Willie's just super positive and 
makes me think really good things about the direction of the team. Um, for him to say that on uh, Dre, I forgot whose podcast, Evan Turner and Andre's podcast, it was it was good to hear. Man, actually, they wanted to talk about Bi, which was honestly more uh, interesting to hear because they they said that they've been saying they they're really high on him. They they think the you know the world of him. Um, me and somebody were having a conversation about Jason Tatum and Bi the other day, and I mean I've I'm on record as saying that Tatum is the guy that I wanted, you know for sure. Uh, when the trade was available or when they, when they were trying to get AD, but man, I, I'm glad we got who we got. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the guy comes in, he works, doesn't, you know, he's, he's getting better as a defender every year. He's getting better as a passer. He's hand, he's handled a fucking boxing one. Like he, he had to figure that shit out in real time, a boxing one in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I'm excited about the future with with Brandon and you know adding adding Zion to the to the mix, man. Like you know, it, it's that's dope. We good. Yeah, uh, Schmidt. I want to talk about something that's not really talked about, and then we'll go to Chris here on that. Uh, Brandon has had a really rocky start right to his career. He's had, I think, if I'm wrong, you, uh, so I think that he started off with Byron Scott, then got Luke Walton, then got Alvin, then got Stan. And then got Willie. So that's five years. That's five coaches in five years. Um, you got to think the relationship with Willie Green and Brandon is special. It's probably the best he's probably ever had. How important has Willie Green been to Brandon, not only on the court, but also off the court? Oh, huge. Because I think the number one area where this shows up in is defensive mind, right? He, how many complaints do we have about Brandon Ingram under Alvin Gentry um, not making rotations? Same thing with Stan, where Stan was supposed to be this defensive coach. He's supposed to be the drill sergeant. Clearly, he didn't get through to the players, and they didn't vibe with him, and they didn't want to play for him. And then Willie comes along, and it's not like you know Brandon was, was like a first-team all-defensive player. though That was Herb. But Brandon was hugely responsible for the Pelicans' starting unit being as successful as it was defensively and the success the Pelicans had defensively all season long. They started off really poorly, um, you know, the 1-12, and and the defense was really bad. Brandon missed a long period of that. And then the games Brandon played, they were an above-average defense, which is, which is absolutely huge. And I think him being able to then contribute towards making units that are um, playable defensively is, is a big step that he's taken and wouldn't happen without Willie. Yeah, uh, Chris, so Lito and, and, and Shemir both said it, that Brandon has gotten better every single year. Yeah. Um, how how much better can he get? <laughs> Seriously, how much better can he get? Well, look, I mean, if we're talking as an as in just an individual, um, you know, I mean, he could – I think that there's a there's a possibly another another tier – if we, if you believe that he can, you know, jump to that tier, because because well, let's let's say what, like right now, uh, after after that year, what top twenty five, top twenty player, I'm terrible with rankings off the top of my head. But if you say that, you know, is there a, is there room for him to get into, you know, the top ten? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I would say that that would be the, you know, but if he doesn't, as an individual, if he doesn't add anything right now. Everything's gonna look a lot different for him, regardless, just based off of the, if the team is anywhere close to healthy, right? You know, what I mean, if, if Zion, Jonas, CJ, if that combination, if three of the, if if he has at least two of those individuals, I mean, hell, you know, we saw him taking it to another level just with CJ and JB. 
So you you add Zion to that, he's gonna he's gonna be walking in the shots that he can't get in practice. You know, it's, it's just that's that's what that that's what that level I think of talent, um, skill sets, and how they all I think complement each other. Which I don't think a lot of people, you know, we haven't had a chance to really talk about too much because we haven't been able to see it. But those for for those type of skill sets and where they work at and where they end up, you know, uh, operating from, for us to be just looking at them on paper, I mean, I think that they they can complement each other very well. And for Bi after having a really uh, great postseason, a great season, you know, in total, should have been an All Star. I think now he has a chance to put some uh, to continue to add to that. Now the name recognition, I think, from a lot of people. You know, they you stop asking. We were asking. It was, it was questioned years ago about if, if you know. I think last year if he was if Andrew Wiggins was better, right? <laughs> this was before this was before even the you know Bro. even the All Star campaign. <laughs> oh God! So, can you know, can I interject I mean, here for a second? Yeah, please. Um, you know, we we look at a guy that that brands often compared to, which is Demar Derozan, right? Yeah. Um, just someone that historically has been a very good talented scorer, operates a lot in the mid-range. Um, his teams have had a good amount of success. He's been uh, up and down individually, um, but he's 32 years old. He just had a career year averaging just under 28 points a game, right? 27.9. 32 years old. That's eight years on Brandon Ingram. And, and I think it was Lito saying, like, you know, we're watching Brandon figure out things in real time. Um, you give Brandon eight years – what's that going to look like, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, this is going to turn into like him being a 30-point guy at night. I think if he wanted to, he could do that. I think he could put up 30 every single night if he wanted to. But I think what it's going to turn into is actually a lot of wins and a, and a lot of winning. Him being able to just rise up to any occasion, any moment, because he's seen it all, done it all. And and, and as you guys mentioned, the, the partners that he has on the court will also make the game easier for him. Yeah, uh, and that's can well I, said. Can I say that's an interesting point, man, because I remember seeing, like, not only Twitter, but the national media for two years in a row say DeMar DeRozan was basically done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So to see from that to this and then to add to what Shemis said about uh, Brandon and where he can't go, man, that's – that's. Yeah, and, and the comment on YouTube, the comment that was said, it's actually via – it's Point Forward podcast with Evan Turner and uh, Iguodala, but – well, coach head coach Willie Green says Brandon doesn't get the credit he deserves, and he's just an unbelievable teammate. I'm so proud of Brandon because he wants to be great. His future is bright. I think we are just starting to see what he's capable of. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I, you got to think with Brandon, man. He so lucky to have him. He's so young, man. He's 24, 25 years old. I mean, and he's just getting into that. You just finally got to. You finally got what to see what he could do in the postseason. I, I remember debating this with Ross all the time. He's like, he's like, I don't want to limp into the playoffs. I didn't really necessarily care about limping in the playoffs. I wanted to see how people like Brandon Ingram and young guys responded for those playoff moments. And Brandon showed you when the stakes are high, I'm the guy. And that's what he shows you. And then now you can move forward uh in the offseason uh with I mean, just an absolute stud in Brandon Ingram. You're getting Zion Williamson back. So um, I'm going to throw this one to Schmidt here. We'll wrap up in the next five, 10 minutes. But Schmidt, do you think with Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, they have one of the best front courts in the league? Absolutely. A absolutely. You know, you, you look at the best front courts in the league, and the ones that immediately jump out to you were, uh, were the Lakers when they were healthy with LeBron and AD, uh, the Bucks with Lopez, Giannis, Portis, um, those guys. And, and then you're just like, 
what's next, right? Because you have a lot of individual talent. Uh, you have like you know Nikola Jokic is a great so like individual talent, uh, Joel Embiid. But who are their partners? And and I don't think you're going to be able to find a team full of three people um, that are, are going to give you 20 a night in the front court if they can if they want to, but like also like two legitimate stars. And then and then that's the best offensive rebounding team in the league. That's just yeah. that's that's yeah. the best offensive rebounding team yeah. in the league. And they already were an elite offensive rebounding team without Zion this year. I think they were top two or top three, something like that. Um, and then you, you're adding Zion to the mix. It's just like teams are not going to be able to run a transition against these guys because you're going to have to send the whole team crash into the glass to keep these guys off the, off the court. Exactly. Yeah, and we're also forgetting about a, a guy, Trey Murphy, who I think who will get those minutes as well, get more minutes next year. He's yeah. elite. Um, uh, Chris, go ahead. Is Ingram a top 20 in the league? I, I mean, in my opinion, he's top 20. Um, Again, I'm terrible. I'm terrible with these lists off the top of my head. Should I, throw I, it to I, I, I think I think he's earned it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he's earned it. I mean, when you go on that stage and play um, as well as he did across the board, some of the some of the some of the ways that he was able to disrupt a few plays defensively, you saw the leadership come into play. Um, you know, Herb Jones, CP going at it, Bi steps in and goes to talking to CP himself. Yeah. The passing, the rebound, and the scoring, the scoring efficiency, the degree of difficulty with the scoring against arguably the best wing defender in the game, uh, to where Bridges is just like. Hey man, I, I can, <laughs> I tried, <laughs> you know. So um, I, I think the consistency as well, you know, the him being a point guard for a lot of the year, the situations when that may that may not that wasn't the plan to start the year necessarily. Uh, I say after the year he had in total, I I think you have to um, if he's not top twenty, I mean he can't be that far, right. you know, that far out. It's funny that we we're. <sighs> 33 minutes in this podcast we've yet to mention herb jones and i find it just incredible that herb jones is so good that like you don't even have to talk about him anymore so Lido, talking about let's just talk about a little bit of the roster and we'll, we'll wrap it up here because i'm interested in what we do with this pick and where we need to get better but you gotta think going into next season Lido, you got cj herb bi jv zion jose trey um where do you see eight through ten? Where, where where can we get better? Who cracks the rotation? Obviously, maybe a draft pick, maybe a free agent. Um, but those seven going into next season's pretty pretty damn good. I mean, yeah, I think as far as like it's just all about you asked me earlier about you know us getting out of the West. It's just all about how you fill out the roster. Just yeah. all about how you fill in the rest of the guys, and you get. You know, obviously, it looks like as far as drafting players, Griff has a he has a type. Chris, chill. He he has a type of guy that you know, saying he's looking for, and you know, maybe maybe a Herb, maybe a Trey, Herb, Trey, uh, Jose. You know, like as far as that attitude, um, I I think. Every time I, Justin, every time I say, every time I say this, every time I'm about to, I feel like I'm about to say something wild. You tell me about the Gary Temple thing when I looked up and I was just like, because <laughs> I don't think we were talking about Gary. Temple. Chris, I don't know if you're talking about. I mean, you you threw Gary Temple out of left field for no good reason. Listen, Gary Temple and Tony Snell don't need to be on the roster. You're completely right, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like those two guys, you got to figure out, you got to figure out a way to get off them. Um, you got to figure out what you're doing, Kyra. 
you know what I'm saying? Or or if you do nothing there. Um, yeah. And you got, you know, maybe the Devontae thing. Just depending, again, d- just depending on how you fill out the roster, you know what I'm saying? You can, you can, we'll have a better, like, I feel like after after the draft, after uh, free agency, we'll have a better idea of that. Schmidt, I completely agree, Lito. Schmidt, CJ McCollum as a third option. Like, let that sink in. Like, I, game as I'm glad you, you said that. CJ is a third option. That's ridiculous. Uh, first, first of all, does CJ is CJ know that he's going to be a third option? <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I mean, he'll learn I think pretty that's quickly. An important, important question to ask, but no, no, I think his game is the type that where you don't need to like define options one or two, right? With 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 him, you can put him on the court. He's going to find a way to get his. Um, I, I keep I keep going back to when Durant signed with the Warriors. And the media asked Clay, it's like, all right, you know, you guys got Steph, you got KD, like, are you going to be sacrificing something? And Clay's like, I ain't sacrificing shit. And and he did. You know, you look at his stats that year, he took the same number of shots, like almost identically, and then he, like, scored the same number of points. And it was really kind of Steph who, like, took a little bit of a backseat. And so I think with CJ, it's not dissimilar to Clay, where, like, he's going to get a lot of his stuff off the ball, a lot of the – the driving kicks that B.I. And, and Zion now are going to be able to generate the ball. It's going to be able to find him on the perimeter. Um, he's going to get a lot, a lot of threes up that way. And then also I think he's going to have time to run against, like, second units, kind of like how he did in Portland and just, like, I'm just yeah. laughing at it. Man, teams, like, second units are going to have to deal with either one of, you know, like like pairs, right? Pairs of, like, either C.J. and, and Zion or B.I. and Jonas or, you know, like any any combination of those four. And it's just like, good luck, benches, right? Um but yeah, I mean it's it's good luck. The way the where I see like the sacrifice coming from is um is is Jonas's production a little bit, Jonas's minutes. Um and and I wouldn't be surprised to see if like you know, like BI, like he scored like I think twenty-two a game this year. It wasn't his like usual twenty-four or so. Um I wouldn't be surprised to see if he stays around twenty-one, twenty-two, but his assists are like seven, eight a game. Yeah. Um yeah. and then the thing with Zion is Zion doesn't really eat shots. Like he's gonna score twenty seven on fifteen shots. Yeah, and and fifteen shots is is nothing. You know, like <laughs> we're gonna be begging for more shots for Zion. I think that's that's gonna be the outcome. Yeah, so, uh, Chris, yeah. this this is a great question here. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas is he a good fit with? He's a JV's a good fit with CJ. I, I'm not worried about that. What about Zion? I mean, let's just answer the question. Is Jonas Valanciunas a good fit to CJ McCollum with a team already with Zion? Um. I'm interested because they haven't played obviously together. So what's that? What do you think that's going to look like? Is the paint going to be clogged? What do you see uh, with JV and Zion um, sharing the court at the same time? No, I mean, I, I mean, look, I, I, I think that as as individuals, they they already uh, bring enough to the table. But I think what what makes that pairing interesting is that, or in any pairing, is that what what do you think that they are going to do together, and will it be elite? And Shamit mentioned it. It's going to be rebounding. Like they they are going to be an elite rebounding team. Shamit said the best offensive rebounding team in basketball. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, like I think of I was thinking about this shit all all morning. Like I watched the uh, games that they played against Miami when Zion was healthy, and for and for stretches, Bam would guard Zion. And it's like if if you if you if you're a team like Miami, right? You have to you have to sacrifice something like that. Like like you can't play small against that team. You you won't be able to play to play small because if you put let's say you put Bam on on Zion, who's stopping JV on the boards, right? You got to stop 
Yeah, yeah. So then, so then teams are gonna what the Pelicans are going to be able to do, and one of the big reasons I think a part of this is these two, right? It's not. It's it. It, it won't be the prettiest. Uh, I think part of what we think about when we think about this team but it's going to be very important. Zion and JV are going to make teams that want to play small, that want to come out and 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 put out put out lineups that are that are built around being able to switch everything. They're going to fuck all that up and make you go bring it a big off the bench. Sure. And that's going to that that's going to mess with a lot of teams. Like <laughs> Toronto, I dare Toronto to come out with come out with this lineup with nothing more with nobody over six eight. It's just it's not like we do you do you guys remember the game that they played where it was where, where JV he had like 12 in the first quarter against Toronto, for example? I think that's that's gonna be the interesting thing. They're going to make teams play how they want them to play. The man had Chris Boucher in a headlock. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> well, if you think about it, right? Say Zion did play in Phoenix. Who the how would have Phoenix matched up? Was Jay Crowder gonna guard Zion? Like who would have I'm just saying, if, if the Pelicans were fully healthy, I, I just don't know. The only question I have is defense, right? They'll probably hunt out Zion and, and go from there. Um, but we, it's going to happen sooner or later. Um, Shemit, I do want to wrap up on this question. Um, Summer League, who do you see getting run in Summer League? Because I, you got to think, listen, Jose had a great time, uh, incredible year, uh, same with Trey, like, at the end of the year, Trey Murphy, but I still think those guys could get some work, a couple games, not the whole summer league. But do you see those guys getting uh, some run in the summer league early on? So it's in all of their contracts that they got to go. And and I think it's going to be one of those situations where they decide pretty quickly, uh, like you said, either, either in a game or maybe just in the training camp, like, yeah, y'all don't actually need to play, but thanks for coming. Um, and, and maybe it's just like the one game where it's like, all right, Trey, just go for 30 and then you're good. Um, or, or whatever it is. So, like, I, I don't anticipate them having an extended run. And I think the other thing is the whole team's going to be there for a, a little camp, like the whole roster. And so I think those guys are going to be with the with the, the graduated folks. And then the, whoever they bring in by the draft um, is going to get some of that that shine that, that these guys previously had in the year before. Okay. That's what, that's what I kind of thought. All right, so we'll wrap it up. Um, predictions tonight. Chris, go ahead. Uh, I got Boston by 15 points. Oh my God! What? <laughs> Are you kidding? Me? It's, it's been a lot of blowouts, so it, it's, it's, it's gonna it's gonna happen. They're gonna they're gonna beat them by 15. They're the better team. Um, to me, I think I learned everything I needed to know about about this Boston team a series ago when they were down three two against ball. I mean against against Milwaukee. And they came back and won that won that series. Now it's different going, you know. I that's just how I see it. I I think that um Miami's definitely a tough team. They're at home, the shooters, hopefully, um, you know, you know, you would hope that I mean, bro, Kyle Laurie scored scored 18 points, man. He has a, I mean, he had what three games where he didn't combine to score 18. Are we are we banking on him doing that again? I'm not. Is Jimmy gonna score 40 again? Maybe Boston's a better team. Um even with even with Hero coming back, I, I just think between the combination of Brown and Tatum, Horford's going to have a better offensive game. They're going to send Miami home. They're going to win by at least fifteen points, and somebody's going to make a lot of money. <laughs> Thank God Kyle Lowry turned down that offer. Uh, Lito, go ahead. Thank God Kyle Lowry was too good for the Pelicans. I think that the other night. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God. Um, <clears throat> I got Boston by five. 
I can live with that. Shout out to five. Shout out to five. Shout out to five. Mr. I got five Boston. And, and hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you go to Shemit, hold on. I got Boston shocking the world. Don't do this. Don't you fucking Stop. do this. Don't you fucking We're not do this. doing this. I don't, I don't think do we this. can do this. Don't, don't, don't do it. Hey. You don't, first of all, you don't have to do this. I'm, no, I like anarchy. I want to do this. I love anarchy. Don't, uh, when you I, say, I dreamed about this shit. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna do what by shock the world? They're gonna win. They're gonna win two games against Golden State. Huh. Huh. I, they're gonna do what? Okay, I, Leo, hey. you're on drugs, brother. Say it. I say it. Drugs are good. I am saying that Boston is going to shock the world, Chris. That's what I'm. And saying. how many games? It don't matter. I don't care. Shit, it don't matter. How many take? Fuck it. God, okay. Oh, you going out? You, you going dead. out sad? Okay. You're going outside. That's what you stand on that post. Boston, Boston is seven. Oh wow, Schmidt. Schmidt, go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Miami. Um, Taking <laughs> the home team. Ooh. I think this is gonna be the team. I think the difference is gonna be whoever makes their threes. I think it's kind of what it's been in this series. Well, if Miami's forcing turnovers, they win the game usually. But when they're not forcing turnovers, they they can't really score in the half court. So I think the thing that's going to bring it over to the top for them is is uh, my, my good old man, Duncan Robinson. He's going to come off the bench. You know, Max Struess. I'm telling you, man, Max Struess is going to, like, miss his first three. And then and then Spolster's going to have this moment where, like, oh, man, we're going to need some threes. Go bring up Duncan Robinson off the ice and, and be like, all right, man, go do your thing. And he's going to hit. He's going to hit his shots. He'll make six threes tonight. Have some fucking and, pride, man. <laughs> Lito and Shamir are just saying shit. My prediction is that Miami does win and it does come down to three point shooting. And I think their starters end up hitting the. I think they're hot from three. I think it's the, the, the home crowd that makes the difference. They're, you know, role players play better at home. That's what they yeah. say. And, yep. and I think, you know, it, it will be a double digit win just because of threes. Yeah, I got Miami too. Um, and then also Golden State might win in five, Lido. So uh, no matter whoever wins, Golden State will win in five. So thanks, same, like Chris said, they told me the same thing a series ago. Okay. Gosh, incredible, Lido. Chris Connor, Lido Schmidt signing off. Thanks. Uh, thanks for everyone joining. If you're watching this, like, subscribe to the channel. I got to do this uh, DraftKings. If you are ready for the NBA champs to be crowned, join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and Boot Crew Media. Any new customers can bet $5 and you win $150 instantly in free bets. Let's use promo code BOOT. That is B-O-O-T. It's right there. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code BOOT. Bet $5 on any bet during the NBA finals and you get $150 in free bets instantly. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum, minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. If you're someone you know who has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. Signing off, guys. Thanks so much for joining. Y'all enjoy Game 7. See y'all later. I go.